Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Wake up, you'll see. 
My friends, in times like these, it's hard to see past the insanity in a reality so uncertain and unknown. Life as we knew it forever changed, and there's no peace of mind to be found. Who can even make sense of tomorrow? When our dreams keep crashing to the ground And yeah, as we rise to greet another day And the sun is still bright in the sky Always a reason to hope for better times Though it seems like the answer's worlds away Got enough, just enough to keep us going, holding on to unbroken simple faith. Cause the heat never breaks, and the heat never bends, and the heat never gives up in the night. dispersed on the streets that were once filled with life but a brilliant light emerged from deep inside our hearts the shuls were shuttered and still but our prayers rang through our homes instead of looking out for inspiration we dug deep and found strengths we'd never know And one more time We will rise to greet another day We're every moment more precious than ever And life's sweetest little joys, they are the treasure Cause when it feels like the answer's worlds away us going we're holding on to unbroken simple up in the night 
luncheon, isn't it, Mrs. Feldman? Very nice, very nice. <gasps> Why? Do you see who's sitting over there? Where? Over there. Oh, it's right. Alan. Tell me, dear, do you believe that terrible, ugly story about her? Certainly. <laughs> What's the ugly story? I don't know. I thought you knew. I don't know. I thought you knew. Well, believe me, it's true. Mrs. Feldman, you look wonderful. That's a beautiful tan. Were you away? Yeah, we went to Aruba. Aruba? Where's that? I don't know. We flew. <laughs> That's nice. Say, I have good news, darling. Sydney and I are going to Europe. Europe? Big deal. I was born there. <laughs> Listen, I hear your husband had some problems with his business. Uh, I hear that a crooked partner stole him blind. That your husband had to fire the account and raise some fresh money. Oh, it's true. On top of that, I heard uh, he had a terrible season. A flood, a fire. The employees went out on striking him. It's mm, true. Yeah, but I understand he got a new partner with a lot of money. He settled a strike and he collected the fire insurance. Uh, business is wonderful and terrific, huh? Then you heard about it, Mrs. Feldman. Yeah, but this is the first time I'm hearing all the details. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Monday morning in one of our amazing Adar comedy segments here at JM in the AM. Pretty funny, no? <laughs> Eitan Katz had good Purim. This is my home. That's Dubi Shapiro. Chaim Israel with Melech Ozer. Havdalah, that medley from Micha Gamerman, Miami had Maim Hashem, Ayid, brand new Benny Friedman, Zusha, brand new with Misha Nicholas Adar, Masach Hashem, it's our Monday morning theme song with Mayor Sherman, and of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's a Monday on this February the 22nd, day 10 in the month of Adar, the year 5781. Tough Shin Pei Olive, 33 degrees, 58% humidity, winds are south. At 9 miles per hour, some rain, some snow today, and a high of 42. Then tonight, partly cloudy and a low temperature of 35. Tomorrow afternoon showers and a high 
of 45 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 55. We're at 33 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Quarter before 7 o'clock. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Big thank you to Avrami and Matis, Mark Zamek, everybody responsible for uh, Friday through uh, Monday morning programming. Lots of great programming. No reason to touch that dial. We are here with great music and more on a regular basis. And now, every Monday through Friday, as has been the case for the last 37 years, we are live between 6 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And glad we can welcome you here to JM in the AM. Yeah. We're very glad we can welcome you here. And we thank you for tuning in. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, you'll see there on the home screen, it says add a comment. That's the easiest way to be in touch with us. Let us know uh, what's happening what you want to hear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. More happening on a Monday, JM in the AM with Avramo, Avram Freed. Salve, 
There we go. J.M. and the A.M. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. Yarly Greenfeld, Tarabain Yakir Lee. Ozart, I was done by Avremo. Avram Freed here at J.M. and the A.M. It's a Monday morning broadcast on this February the 22nd, day 10 in the month of Adar, we are heading back to school and back to work with 33 degrees, some rain, some snow, and a high of 42. Partly cloudy tonight, low 35. Afternoon showers tomorrow at a high, Tuesday, 45 degrees. It is Purim week with 55 degrees in Yerushalayim and 33 here in New York City. Thursday is Tanis Esther. Thursday is the fast of Esther. Thursday night, we read Megillah. It is hard to believe that Purim is here. It is really hard to believe that Purim is here. Thursday night, we read Megillah. Friday morning, we read Megillah. We'll have our Su'udas Purim, our feast, our Purim feast on Friday. We will um, give Mishloch Manos. We will uh, give charity to the poor. And we will have uh, completed the holiday of Purim, at least outside of Jerusalem. We will have completed the holiday of Purim by the time Shabbos starts this coming Shabbos. Pretty interesting, huh? It is hard to believe that we are in the midst of Purim week here at JM in the AM. And in general, in the midst of Purim week. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. And A&H has the endorsement of listener Mendy, who's a, a proud supporter of kosherdogs.net. Galetzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast is next. Good morning, Boker Toe from Jamnam. Galetzal, Mirushalayim, Asha Ashtayim, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Akshav. לקראת הגבלות פורים, הממשלה צפויה להצביע בצהריים לבקשת משרד הבריאות להטיל עוצר לילי בין השעות שמונה בערב לחמש לפנות בוקר במהלך ימי החג. סגן שר הבריאות יואב קיש טען במליאת הכנסת עלינו למנוע התכנסויות ואירועים שמתוכננים בניגוד לחוק. חג הפורים יכול, אם לא נקפיד עליו, ואם לא נמנע מאירועים בעייתיים של מסיבות והפרות הנחיות, אנחנו יכולים למצוא את עצמנו בחג פורים רע מאוד. אנחנו שומעים על יותר ויותר נטייה לאירועים שהם בניגוד להנחיות, כנראה יחייבו אותנו להוביל להחלטה של עוצר לילה לתקופת הפורים. כתובתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג פרסמה כי על פי ההצעה שתובא לממשלה, אירועי התרבות שנקבעו מראש יוחרגו מהעוצר. וקיומה מתאפשר במסגרת התו הירוק. הלילה בחצות תבוטל חובת הבידוד במלונית, ומשבוע הבא יוגבל מספר הנכנסים ארצה ל-200 ישראלים ליום. 
מדווחת כתבתנו לענייני תעופה עינב קרנר. בעקבות התנגדות ועדת החוקה להאריך את חובת הבידוד במלוניות הקורונה שתפוג הלילה בחצות, משבוע הבא תותר כניסה לארץ רק במקרים הומניטריים דחופים ולא יותר מ-200 נכנסים. כך לפי החלטת ראש הממשלה, שרת התחבורה ושר הבריאות, נוכח החשש מחדירת הנגיף ארצה ועד למציאת פתרון טכנולוגי או השבת הבידוד במלוניות. ילדה בת 11 מאושפזת במצב קשה בבית החולים קפלן לאחר שנדבקה בקורונה. הילדה לא סובלת ממחלות רקע משמעותיות ומדובר במקרה חריג. בסך הכל מאושפזים כ-40 ילדים במחלקות קורונה שונות ברחבי הארץ. כתבנו לענייני בריאות יובל שגב מוסר כי בדיקת הקורונה של הילדה תילקח לריצוף כדי לשלול קשר לאחד מזני הקורונה החדשים. מפגע הזפת החמור בחופים. צו איסור פרסום מוטל באופן חריג על החקירה המתנהלת בנושא ונאסר בפרסום כל פרט מפרטי החקירה. כתבנו איתי שריג מוסר שהחשש הוא כי פרסום מידע בשלב הזה יפגע בחקירה המורכבת בעלת היבטים בינלאומיים. מנכ"לית עמותת צלול, מאיה יעקובס, מתחה ביקורת על ההחלטה ואמרה אנחנו דורשים שקיפות בחקירה. לא יכול להיות שאסון כזה גדול יתנהל שלא בשקיפות. אנחנו דורשים שקיפות מלאה לאורך כל החקירה. רוצים לדעת את האמת, מי זיהם לנו את הים. מזג האוויר עלייה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות, אחרי הצהריים ייתכן גשם מקומי בצפון מזרח הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
And so we are gathered here for the funeral services of this great man, this great actor, the man who brought happiness and joy to millions. We shall all miss him. It is a shame he is gone now. Mister, give him some chicken soup. Give him some chicken soup. Madam, it wouldn't help. It wouldn't hide. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> Uh, the odd dark comedy segments. Monday morning, heading back to school and back to work. It's Purim week. Friday is Purim. I hope you're off on Purim. I want to thank Mayor Weingarten for giving me off on Purim. He'll be sitting in this Friday here at JM in the AM. Tanis Esther, the fast of Esther is Thursday. And um, other than that, a good, strong, short week with some cold weather for Purim week, I'll tell you. One of the uh, hazards of uh, Purim being so early is the uh, cold, snowy weather in this uh, part of the world. The benefit of Purim being this early is we do not change to daylight savings time for a while. So uh, we'll be reading McGill already by uh, 6.30 this coming Thursday night and uh, having a relatively Short Tanis Esther, a relatively short fast day compared to what we have in a regular year because in most years, Purim will fall out on daylight savings time. The best is when Purim is, thir- is when Purim is a Sunday on daylight savings time. You have more time for the Suda, etc., and to, to start the Suda. And the, the Tanis Esther Thursday is on standard time. That's the best <laughs> when you can get. That combination, <laughs> believe you me, I think about these things very, very often. <laughs> I should really have run that by uh, uh, Rabbi Heber, find out exactly how many times and how often that happens, that Thursday Tanis Esther is on standard time and Purim on Sunday is then on daylight savings time. Monday morning, heading back to school, back to work. It's JM in the AM. This coming, well, today, not this coming, today, the Met Council on Jewish Poverty presents Funny Story, a Purim Funny Story. Today, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's a virtual table read featuring all-star cast members, many from the world of Hollywood, including Elon Gold, Susie Essman, Triumph the Comic Dog, Howie Mandel, Barry Weiss, Bob Saget, Claudia Ushery, Jeff Garland, Violet Benson, Judy Gold, Montana Tucker, Jeff Ross, Ellie Leonard, and Russell Peters. PurimFunnyStory.com. PurimFunnyStory.com. When you go watch it tonight, make sure to give a donation to the uh, Met Council COVID-19 Emergency Fund. You can go to MetCouncil.org for information. And later on, David Greenfield will join us. We'll talk about this event, which is the talk of the town. Everyone, it seems, is talking about this event. So we will discuss it a little later on here at JM in the AM. Our friends at Art Scroll have a couple of brand new books out that I want to make you aware of. Uh, one we're going to be speaking about tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. It's a little bit of an unusual move for Art Scroll. They have started an Art Scroll Uncle Maishi series. And Uncle Maishi, the very best Shabbos guest, is a brand new book that's being released um to coincide with the release of a brand new Uncle Maishi album. And we'll speak with Donnie Gross and company tomorrow about all of that. Also, the uh, brand new, and, and anything you get from artscroll.com, don't forget, 
is 10% off and free shipping with promo code radio. Everything you get from artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code radio always to get 10% off and free shipping. And Rabbi Yechiel Spiro, who according to our account now has 24, I'm going to say 24 plus because I think it's more than 24, has 24 books. Could you imagine 24 books? Just on the jacket of this book, um, just on the jacket of this book, does that make sense? Yeah. Forget about 24. Just on the jacket of this book, there are 31 books. 31 books written by Rabbi Achiel Spiro. Anyway, the latest is to light a spark. Nothing inspires life. Nothing inspires like a great story. Rabbi Achiel Spiro, to light a spark. It's brand new. It can be yours if you go to artsgirl.com. Use promo code radio, 10% off and free shipping. Go to artsgirl.com. Always use promo code radio. All right. Think I got that point across? I certainly hope so. <laughs> More coming up. It is a Monday morning edition of JM and the AM. And here is uh, Mordechai Shapiro.
just a little baby lying there so safely, cradled in its mother's arms, being taken care of. Nothing to be scared of. No, it's not afraid of any harm. Listen, brother, we are children in his arms. Listen, brother, open your heart. And when you think that no one's there, someone above is watching you, giving his love forever. And even when it isn't clear, he is so near. Hold it. And every Jew is a child of Hashem. Baby growing older, steps becoming bolder, and his parents by his side. will meet him but nothing will defeat him he can feel that sense of pride so listen brother we are children in his arms listen brother open your heart Remember that he 
Each and every one of us is a child of Hashem. JM in the AM with Micha Gammerman, child of Hashem is the name of that one. Mordechai Shapiro before that with Chazde Hashem and Ain't Od Milvado. Monday morning, Purim week here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmas Arav Zebnevis of Alevi and Zechanishmas Esther Basarvis of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Megillah, If you're going to keep silent at a time like this, then you in your father's house will perish. This, of course, was said to Esther HaMalka, Queen Esther. Hagoyin Rabbi Yosef Sholem El Yoshev explains this pasuk in the following way. Esther saw her situation as kasher avarati avarati, I'm going to perish. Because of that, if she would go to the Melech, according to the laws of nature, she's going to get killed because she wasn't called to come to the king and he would turn his love from her and instead he would unleash his wrath. If she has to wait for Nisim, for miracles, then what does it matter that she is running the kingdom? The miracle could be done without any hishtadlus, any effort at all, from Esther, the queen. But Mordechai saw differently. A person has to do kama shiyodo magas, as far as a person's hand can reach. And then when he has utilized every last bit of his kachos, then the Yeshua, then the salvation will come. We find this by the Yamsuf, the splitting of the Sea of Reeds. The Yam split when Bnei Yisrael came to the sea. But Nachshon ben Aminadov jumped in up to his neck into the water. Only then did the sea split. That's what Mordechai is telling Esther. If you won't put in the Ishtadlis, if you won't make the effort, the struggle to save Klau Yisrael, then Klau Yisrael will not have a way to be saved. Then Revach Vatsalo Yamod Yehudim Limokom Acher. Relief and deliverance is going to come to the Jews from a different place. However, if you have the power and you can begin by jumping in like Nachshon, then you will receive the great schar of saving an entire nation. How often an individual is fooled. They don't realize that even a small effort on behalf of Klal Yisrael may bring the Yeshua to the entire Jewish people. The great Goin Rebbe Chonon Wasserman says that oftentimes a person does not realize the world could be mechza mechza, half and half, half merits, half zechuyos, half demerits, half sins, chas v'sholem. It takes one Yid, one Jew, to do the slightest mitzvah, to give the slightest coin to tzedakah, that the side of zechuyos should weigh out in the world will get its Yeshua. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM Monday. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Well, we uh, we heard last week that there are some challenges during the um, COVID-19 situation when it comes to kosher food and kosher Pesach food specifically for the upcoming holiday. Remember, Purim is this Friday, which means that Pesach is one month or four weeks from this coming Saturday night. I know that does scare some people, but it is essentially 
right around the corner. Menachem Lubinsky is with us live via telephone, president of Lubicom, the founder of Kosher Fest and editor of Kosher Today, and can shed some light on what's happening out there in the industry during this very interesting time. Menachem Lubinsky, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, thank you very much, Nahum. I'm delighted to be back. But yeah, this was indeed a very challenging year because, number one, the supply of the foods for Pesach, which uh, largely came from China and from Israel in previous years, was was challenged. And the fact that uh, the factories in China were early on were closed and did not reopen until sometime in the summer. Uh, Israel had its own problems. Uh, remember that with the COVID, uh, it, it only took uh, one or two inc- incidents of COVID in order to shut a plant. But yet somehow they all came through and uh, the products were delivered on time. They all arrived here at port and we're going to have a full supply of the products. Now, there are many other challenges uh, that, that we had last year that we hope we won't have this year. Last year we had challenges of, of ship, ship, uh, shippers not shipping. We had problems of trucks breaking down. We had personnel that didn't show up. Uh, we had a lot of product that was already pre-produced uh, sat on the shelves because of the fact that the Pesach programs did, didn't open. And those products were originally destined for the Pesach programs and had to be redistributed to to retail, which worked out okay because retail in the end survived, even though a lot of it moved online. There was major, major changes in the industry, which I certainly, doing the show for uh, the Kosher Fest for 31 years, never anticipated would happen. Uh, Take a look, for example, at the new products uh, that come out for Pesach. I would say in 2019, we counted about 400 new items that came out for Pesach this year, I could barely half. But the fact that they, they, they came out at all, when there were no shows to go to to buy product, where right. salesmen were not able to travel the world in order to find product. So this, this, the, whole, the whole game of the kosher food, not the whole industry, uh, was turned on its face by, by this whole COVID. But yet, we're, as, you, as you mentioned, we're a month away from Pesach, and I don't think we're going to find anything wanting. In fact, there may be even more product because uh, I would say roughly about 20% of the Pesach programs and resorts and hotels and other places will be open this year, which means that a lot of product will not go to food service, but instead will be, be on retail shelves. Menachem Lubinsky is with us live via telephone. So a couple of things based on what you just told us. We don't realize the impact that work in uh, the summer and September and October has on Pesach. I mean, what happens half a year ago in places like China and probably other areas of the world, Israel specifically, uh, has a tremendous impact and really could slow down the process even with a delay of a month or so. Sure. Well, you know, uh, the industry has gone through a tremendous amount of changes and uh, the, the, the resources, the places where kosher food come from, no longer uh, is so much produced in the United States. There really is only one producer of matzah in the entire United States, and that's Strites. I'm not talking Machine about Shmura matzah. Right. Shmura matzah is already produced. I know f- factories that open up in August and begin to produce Shmura matzah. Uh, they, they weren't under so much pressure this year because a lot of that product went out to a lot of the hotels in advance all over the world. And, and this year they didn't have that challenge, unfortunately. 
but the, the, the recovery was, was pretty swift. Um, I, I know from the supermarkets, the uh, deliveries were right on time. Right now, all of the supermarkets are stocked already with Pesach products. Uh, come the day after Pesach, all of the stores will be opening their Pesach aisles. After Purim, the day after Purim. The day after Purim, I'm sorry. They will be opening their Pesach aisles. Uh, some have opened already much earlier. Uh, all of the product that was that was due from Israel came in from Israel. I would say that roughly about sixty to seventy percent of all product that is sold here for Pesach is produced in Israel. Because the machine matzahs, as you said, only have one uh, manufacturer here in the United States, so I'm assuming the majority of that matzah that we have, the machine matzah, does come from Israel. Now there was a rumor that there would actually there was actually a possibility of a matzah shortage here for Pesach. Did that rumor start because of the lack of travel and trade between Israel and the United States? That was partial, part of the problem. The other problem was that the uh, we have now these large kosher food banks all over the United States, and they're buying a tremendous amount of product, and there was a fear that they would buy up all of the products before the consumers would actually get into the retail stores. Mm. So there, there, were, there were reasons for why people thought there was going to be a shortage, but Israel produced every last matzah that they did last year and some, um, we have remember Manischewitz today is owned by by Kedem, right. no longer an independent company. But uh, the good news is that Manischewitz is producing a lot, many more products for Pesach than they ever did before, because a lot of the products that, for example, you might find in a Geffen package, are also produced in Manischewitz for for sale in most of the general markets outside of the real Haredi of from areas. Right. So it's there's been a lot of change. I mean, uh, you take a distributor like Quality is no, no longer owned by the Zemel family; is now owned by the Bistritsky family. There were a lot of changes, but when it comes to Pesach, um, you, you'll find a lot more products. For example, one of the fastest growing aisles on Pesach has been the snack aisle. Right. A lot of attention has been on the snack aisle because people go on trips. Um, there's a need for the like Kanana Hara. There's a lot of children that want snacks. So the snack aisle in on um, Pesach grew in the last three years almost 300%. A lot of frozen items that were never produced before for Pesach are now produced for Pesach. You used to, you used to find paper, papered over the freezer doors used to be covered because mostly everything was hummus. Now you go on Pesach to the freezer doors and a lot of freezer doors are open. So uh, a, a lot has changed. Um, online has been a major, major change. Um, a lot of people shop for Pesach online. Now we have uh, Kedem just opened a supermarket online called Passover.com, in which they're going to be selling everything a supermarket sells for Pesach right online. The online, thing, uh, the online shopping has become one of the direct results of COVID, which I believe is here to stay. Uh, some people tell me that it has increased two to three hundred percent, but it is not waning. Even when people are going back to the supermarket, it's been 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 a major change. So it, it, it's, it's interesting that this, despite the fact that we went through, I would say, a very traumatic experience with COVID, and there was every reason for us to have shortages, uh, we, we will not be wanting for everything. Also, one other one other point: there's a lot more home cooking than there ever was before. Um, that's why the company stepped up in, in producing more ingredients for baking, for example, which we, we never had before. Almost every type of ingredient that could be produced for Pesach is being produced for Pesach. But looking through the products, unfortunately, I don't have 
what people ask me, what's the revolutionary product for Pesach? So I, I used to, I mean, years ago, I said breadcrumbs, and then I said kosher pizza. I don't have anything that's that revolutionary, yeah, but well, almost everything that can because be. They've done, all, because they've done it all. they've done it all already. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. left to do, frankly. Um, two categories I need to ask you about. First of all, the the, the Pesach programs you mentioned. Do you have? I mean, you, you said twenty percent. Is that is that a reliable? I, I don't know if you meant that it's an estimate or you know if there's been no, real. No, I got I got this this number, the twenty percent from guys who are tracking it and have online programs with listings. Because I'm shocked, twenty percent are open. Even even the programs that did open are not at full capacity right. because of the restrictions of social distancing. But I'm even shocked that twenty percent are open. Frankly, yes, it uh, you know initially when they began to advertise, most of the hotels would tell you a lot of interest but no deposits right but eventually as things are getting closer and even up to the last minute people are already interested in maybe maybe people are, are just trying to get out of the uh, of being in the house and yeah. trying to socialize once again I don't blame but, but from the on the other hand uh, a lot of family sedorum will continue to be smaller because there won't be travel. The restrictions, for example, from Israel to travel to the United States yeah. are ongoing. Just so, so the families that used to be a large sedorum with large families getting together will be smaller. All of that has an impact on retail sales. And, you know, retailers know this, and they watch this very carefully. Speak. But on the other hand... Um, the the food service, which used to be a tremendous amount, a percentage of the Pesach sales, is way down from what it used to be years ago. Yeah, and I'm sure. Menachem Lubinsky is with us. All right, the other statistic, if you have it, I don't know if anybody has it. Do we have an estimate, a guess, a clue as to what percentage of kosher restaurants, eateries, I don't know what, you know, I don't know where the pizza shops fall into what category, etc., I mean, uh, food service where people are used to, uh, you know, going in, sitting down, and uh, and having something to eat. Do we have any idea how many of those establishments, unfortunately, are either going to close or not reopen? I have seen numbers. I've seen the, the fact that in Manhattan alone, uh, somewhat on the order of uh, eighteen or nineteen uh, restaurants closed in wow. the last eighteen months. Wow. Um, there are a couple others that are that are on the block, but at the same time, you know, th- 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 this is amazing about the kosher restaurant business. I hear, I constantly hear news about people opening restaurants. Yeah, it's insane. You know, it's. Uh, I, I always tell people that the restaurant industry has an interesting has an interesting uh, dynamic. You know, one guy can fail, and then. A day later, somebody says, you know, I'll, I'll make it, and they open up in the same place. And this goes not only for kosher restaurants, but for restaurants in general. Uh, you know, Tony couldn't do it right, but I could do it right. right. You know, and uh, uh, thankfully, I think right after Pesach, I think we're going to see a, a resurgence of, of more, more and more people going out and the restaurants opening and the summer being what it is. Um, e- even in, in cities like Miami and L.A., uh, the restaurants seem to have recovered very, very nicely. Well, Miami makes sense. L.A., they've been closed like here, but Miami makes sense where they've been so well, much Miami, more open. Miami, they have outdoor dining, and I, and I just received pictures yesterday from somebody. I mean, they really... Uh, they really picked up their game. These places became beautiful with lighting outside, and they they made the whole thing an experience, uh, the outdoor dining. So... Um, 
I, I, I think in the end we're going to be okay. I mean, uh, how do, how do, right after Pesach, things are going to begin to go back to normal, and everybody says whatever normal is. But there, there definitely will be changes in the kosher industry uh, as a result of COVID. Uh, one of them is going to be online, and another, another one is going to be we, we see more and more sidewalk pickups and, and deliveries. A lot of restaurants became takeout places, right. which they never in a million years thought that they would be, be takeout places. Caterers went into catering into private homes. This became an industry all of a sudden. Well, you, you couldn't get a caterer uh, for, for no money. Today you can find caterers that will want to come and do your whole Pesach in your house. I heard so, that's. So, a, I heard there, that's there are a, a lot of changes and a lot of changes that are going to stick. I heard that's a trend. People got used to the convenience and the habit of, of shopping that way. I heard that's a trend in both Florida and Nevada, where people are uh, actually going with groups of people to different homes that they're renting for Pesach and bringing along a caterer who's going to take care of all the food. That's true, but the the, the big city that's going to have the, the majority of that is going to be Orlando, right. where people actually rented houses and there are caterers there. Are, there are truckloads of food coming down from various supermarkets that are delivering food to the to these places. So, and and that in itself is a new development that started about a couple of years ago. There's this whole notion of uh, developing uh, pop-up communities, I call them. Like in Orlando, all of a sudden there's a shul and there are people going there and, uh, and they have separate swimming and they create a, an instant community for about eight or nine days, whether it's Sukkot or Pesach. So th- th- these have all become, been very, very interesting developments within the industry, the good developments. It shows, it shows a lot of growth. And uh, look, the, the industry as a whole, during the COVID and, and this past couple of months, the industry continue, continues to grow. The kosher industry grew 12% in 2020 while there was a COVID going on. Unbelievable. It doesn't yeah. even make, it, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, part, of, part of the miracle that surrounds Pesach. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know how the average person who runs a restaurant in this area, forget about Miami for a second, I don't know how the average person who runs a restaurant or a business that really depends on a lot of foot traffic doesn't necessarily have to be a restaurant. It could be a bakery that, you know, that depends on a lot of foot traffic. I just don't know how they've survived. We're, talk- well, we're survived talking about, we're talking about 12. Way. First of all, they were able to cut a lot of overhead. For example, take a restaurant that was not, not open for indoor dining and only had outdoor dining or, or didn't have uh, dining at all, only had takeout. They got rid of their entire wait staff that they didn't have to pay. The, the cost of, giving, uh, of, of doing takeout is a lot less than having in-store in, in dining and having people in the kitchen and washing dishes all the time and cleaning, cleaning the restaurant on a constant basis. A lot of restaurants, when uh, not, not kosher restaurants, when they were told they could open for indoor dining, said, no, no, wait, we, we, like, we like the model the way we have it right now. We're not necessarily in a rush to go back to the old model. And the reason for that was that they were able to cut costs and to do things much more efficiently, in addition to which they also, all of them, got some money from the PPP program which is the stimulus program, which helped them get through. If they retained uh, a certain percentage of their employees, they were able to get money for that. So somehow they survived. Those that survived survived, and those that didn't, unfortunately, didn't. And we had some some real good flagship kosher restaurants that closed down, you know, a restaurant like Abigail's, for example, right. which for so many years was, was a flagship restaurant. Or, or, uh, you can go right down the list. But thankfully, uh, I think, I think we're, gonna, we're really going to be okay. Do you hear from people in the um... – in the cruise and hotel industry, because as terrible as uh, restaurants have been hit over the last 11 months, 
I mean, we're talking about a couple of industries that basically shut down. Maybe hotels, not as much as cruises, but there's just no business whatsoever. I mean, can they bounce back? Well, they tried, but they found it to be very hard. But one of the things, that one of the problems they had is if you booked a hotel for Pesach, for example, the hotel or the resort would require you to give them a minimum uh, that you a minimum number of people that you were going to have. Now, obviously, with this kind of uh, environment, you, you're not able to give any kind of guarantee that you can bring a certain number of people. So the hotels became more realistic. So hotels that used to ask uh, for four or five hundred people as a guarantee are okay with 150. So right. that that minimized the stress on these operators because they didn't have to bring as many people, and they were able to still book a quality hotel and um, slowly slowly begin to. to reopen a, 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 what you call it is a very very lucrative inter- industry and a lot of people depend on it for their for their livelihoods yeah. so uh, so th- they they all hope that this year will be a transition year with the with the vaccine that things will go back to to normal next year so a, a lot of places are already planning for a, 2022 yeah i uh, think uh, any i think anybody that survives this if you can get through the next few months I think people will have such an incredible desire to travel, such an incredible desire just to you know, to go. Right. So a lot of the a lot of these operators told me that they are looking not only for to open Pesach programs, but they to do midwinter, to do Hanukkah programs, to do a middle of the year because people just want to get yeah, away and no they want to go to a kosher place. They don't want to bother with schlepping along food, yeah. and they want to go to different different uh, places to see different places all over the world. Uh, I'm surprised, like places in Italy. Uh, Cancun uh, are, are all doing very well for yeah. Pesach. No question people, about it. People are, even, even though you know some people are still not traveling, uh, air travel is certainly not what it, what it was. But uh, nevertheless, and look uh, look at Florida during the midwinter, you, you couldn't walk into a restaurant. Or I, I was there during uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend. Uh, people were waiting on the sidewalk for for, for hours to get a table. Unbelievable. Menachem Lubinsky, I assume people could subscribe to your weekly Kosher Today? All they have to do is to go to koshertoday.com and, uh, it, and opt in, and they'll get, get a free subscription and get that. Uh, it comes out every two weeks and has all the industry trends and all of this, uh, the, the, the latest news in the kosher industry, uh, which uh, about I would say about 60% of our um, uh, readership is uh, trade. Uh, we used to have the White House chef during the uh, Trump years who was a subscriber. Have many, many of the uh, big corporations have the executives subscribe. So it's, uh, it's if you're in the industry or close to the industry, or like some people say, I'm in the industry because I eat the industry, mm-hmm. uh, then 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 it's a good thing to subscribe to. All right, and uh, guarantee us that between Purim and Pesach this year, it'll be smooth sailing. Everything. Well, it, right now it looks like smooth sailing. You never know at the last minute where a, a shortage or, or appears. You know, one one year it was margarine, uh, one year it was ketchup. You never know. But hopefully, from what I'm hearing from the distributors and what I'm hearing from the retailers, it looks like that they're well stocked. Halavaya should be a shortage of kosher yeah. pesach ketchup. Believe me, <laughs> we don't need that stuff. All right, uh, yeah. thank you very much, Menachem Lubinsky, and a very happy Purim to you. Thank you very much. The same to you. Menachem Lubinsky, editor of Kosher Today, founder of Kosher Fest, and uh, plenty of info he's got about the, the latest and greatest in the world of kosher food, especially this very interesting tidbit that I just learned, that there's one manufacturer of machine matzah in this country, 
and the rest comes from outside the United States at this point. Wow. Go tell that to our American ancestors. Unbelievable. More coming up. It's a Monday Purim week. JM in the AM.
שושנת יעקב צהלה ושמחה, בירותם יחד חלת מרדכי. שושנת יעקב צהלה ושמחה, בירותם יחד חלת מרדכי.
יד ברכיים. שפם ארוך לי המתיים. היש צוהלת ושמחה כמוני מסכה, היש צוהלת ושמחה כמוני מסכה. צליל צליל צליל, מצנפת לי וגדיל, אל יקום איש ממקומו משחק בורי מתחיל. Sally, let's go over the plans. You're going to the bank, and you'll tell them, stick them up. Should I take out the guns first? Should I take out the guns first? Dummy! Certainly you take out the guns first. No, not here in the street. When you get to the bank, you take out the guns, and you say, Stick him up. Stick him up. Now, I got it. I got it. When you got all of them stuck up, you'll take out the shopping bag from Corvettes. You'll give it to the teller and tell him to fill it up, please. You'll take the bag of money, you'll tell everybody that's stuck up that they shouldn't move for five minutes because you've got the place surrounded by me. You'll back out of the door. I'll be waiting for you in the car. That's it. And believe me, you got the easy job, and I got the dangerous job. You got the dangerous job? I'm going in there alone with two guns against six guards and all those people, and I'm going to tell them to stick them up and fill it up and back out of the bank while you're sitting in the car, and you got the dangerous job? Certainly I got the dangerous job. I can drive. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Some of our favorite comedy segments. They make it into our Adar segments here at J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning broadcast. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best serving. The kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Shalema, be the Mashiach, I'm a man. I'm a man, 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 I'm
Leviathan with that Animamin here at JM in the AM. Monday morning, let me call your attention to the Met Council on Jewish Poverty, the largest Jewish communal social safety net in all of the United States of America. They have a uh, COVID-19 emergency fund. They have announced that tonight a very, very special event goes live becomes active on the web, an event that has been uh, done specifically uh, with the holiday of Purim in mind, 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, and the event is in support of the aforementioned Met Council COVID-19 Emergency Fund. Uh, it's called the Purim Funny Story, 8 o'clock tonight, featuring an all-star cast, including Elon Gold, Susie Essman, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, Howie Mandel, Barry Weiss, Bob Saget, uh, Bob Saget, Claudia Oshry, Jeff Garland, Violet Benson, Judy Gold, Montana Tucker, Jeff Ross, Ellie Leonard, and Russell Peters. Again, at 8 p.m. tonight, it goes live. It's a virtual table read of the uh, Purim funny story, as they call it. And... Um, you can go for information to either metcouncil.org, metcouncil.org, or purimfunnystory.com, purimfunnystory.com. David Greenfield, our wonderful friend, is the CEO of the Metropolitan Council, Met Council on Jewish Poverty. David Greenfield, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's a beautiful week at JM in the AM. Purim week, what could be better? Yeah, Purim week's always exciting, and this is an interesting one with Friday Purim and the whole thing. But yes, it's exciting, and part of that excitement, frankly, is uh, our anticipation for your event, which kicks off at 8 p.m. tonight at PurimFunnyStory.com or information at MetCouncil.org. I mean, this is an interesting idea, taking a lot of high-profile people, uh, inserting them into a uh, into a Purim virtual table read, and hopefully, and I pray that this part really, really does happen, uh, hopefully it'll encourage people to turn their attention to the great work of Met Council, and hopefully will inspire them to support the amazing work that you do. How did this whole thing uh, come about, that there is a virtual table read with some really big names in Hollywood in support of Met Council? So two things. First off, this never could have happened without COVID, in the sense that we weren't thinking of these kinds of -of out-of-the-box ideas if it wasn't COVID. And the second is that you have a situation where there are all these superstars who are literally stuck at home because in many cases they're not doing their movies or their shows or their stand-up comedy. And so they were willing to participate in a way that, quite frankly, never would have happened before. So this is a COVID-only event, and I want to give tremendous credit to two people. Benjamin Siegel, you might know him. He's my deputy chief of staff. He's brilliant. He came into my office a few months ago and said, hey, boss, I have a crazy idea. Let's do a celebrity digital fundraiser. 
And I said, mm, I like that crazy idea, but I'll, I'll, I will one-up you, I said. Let's not charge for the fundraiser. He said, what? What are you talking about? I said, no, no, no. I said, look, it's a pandemic. If we're going to do something like this, we have to open it wide to the public, and we have to believe that people will do the right thing, and they will give back for an event that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce, right? Even if the talent is doing it for free, yep. as you well know, production is an incredible expense. And then charity bids, Yumi Shafter, who's a brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur who started this company called CharityBids.org, we partnered together with him, and they've been working on this for the last few months, and it's an incredible feat. I mean, you're talking about people that if, if you're lucky Right, you get to see Howie Mandel in a show, or Elon Gold in a show, or Jeff Ross in a show, or Triumph Insult Comic Dog in a show, or Bob Saget in a show, or Jeff Garland in a show. To have them come together this way is truly extraordinary. And what's so super cool is that it's being done really as a retelling of the perm story in their own words, from a comedic effect. It's perm like you've never heard it before, and it's, it's really spectacular, and we're incredibly excited. And to be honest, we couldn't raise money in the traditional way this year. We had to cancel our big dinner, which we raised millions of dollars from, and that was obviously uh, something that was a big loss for us because this has been really our most challenging year ever. As you can imagine, more people have plunged into poverty in our community than ever, certainly in my lifetime. And nobody wants to talk about that because it's probably the most taboo subject in the community is talking about people who have lost their jobs and are going to lose their homes. So we've been working overtime. We're now serving over 305,000 people this year alone who have been impacted by COVID-19. Wow. So this is a critical event for us. So we think people are going to have a great time. It's going to be really historic. There's never been an event like this. I think people are going to be talking about this for years to come. And even more exciting, I think people who never learned anything about Perm will finally learn about the Perm story in an accessible way. The McGill is pretty long. Uh, it's awesome, but it's long, right? So if you're not necessarily someone who goes to shul, this will be a unique opportunity as well. PermFunnyStory.com, PermFunnyStory.com. All right, Perm Funny Story presented by Met Council starts tonight, 8 p.m. It's a virtual table read with the incredible cast that we mentioned Go to that website, PurimFunnyStory.com, and I would hope that this audience would not only register for the event, it's totally free, totally free, um, and you'll be enjoying it tonight and whenever you get an opportunity to watch it. But in addition to that, I would hope that you would support the Met Council COVID-19 Emergency Fund. David Greenfield, one of the images, or many of the images of COVID-19, um, are the images of uh, large parking lots, stadium parking lots, being utilized to distribute food. I mean, families, thousands and thousands and thousands of families nationwide, uh, many of them never in a position before to ever ask for anything, uh, now need, now, I mean, for the last year, have needed uh, a public assistance, whether it be actual government assistance or whether it be assistance from private sources like their friends, neighbors, and organizations, uh, in order to make it through. Uh, we as a Jewish community need to know that that same epidemic of this pandemic is happening in our community as well. Maybe we don't have the same optics. Maybe we don't have major stadium parking lots because we don't have as many people uh, to set up operations like that and to, and to get those images out to the people. But 
in terms of what's happening in our community, there are so many who have never had to turn for any type of assistance to anybody, and now they can't make it through without the help of Met Council. For that reason alone, it's worthwhile supporting the COVID-19 emergency fund. With Passover looming, are you worried that you're going to get into a situation, a record-breaking situation for you guys, where you are servicing more families than ever before? Yeah, absolutely. You know, sadly, the facts don't lie. And and I really like to just focus on the facts. The fact is that last year, we already gave out a historic amount of food. We gave out 5 million pounds of food through the Met Council Food Network. And this is all food that we give out for free. But quite frankly, we have to pay for at least half of it. Because what a lot of folks don't realize is that the federal, city, and state government gives you food, but most of the food they give you is non-kosher. We can't take non-kosher food. The single most popular product that the federal government gives food banks for free is sausage and beans. Obviously, we can't stock that. So half the food that we give out, we buy. This year, we went from 5 million pounds of food to 15 million pounds of food that we've distributed through 101 food pantries across New York. And the reason, by the way, Nachman, that you're not seeing this is because we work very hard not to embarrass our clients. When we work with a food pantry, we demand that they have best practices. We do not allow them to have lines around the block in the middle of the winter. I think that's cruel, quite frankly. We ask them to at least schedule these interactions. Preferably, if possible, we use our new digital pantry system that allows clients to order the food in advance. So it's very purposeful, and there's also a certain shame to it, right? We don't want to bring press to an event where in Flatbush, we just opened up with the Flatbush Community Fund a brand new food pantry. People are embarrassed. They won't come. And so people need to understand that just like there was death during COVID, every single home knows of someone who passed away from COVID. You know someone who has been impacted financially, who lost their job, who's about to lose their home, who hasn't been able to pay tuition by COVID. It's just that you can't hide the death. Because the funerals are public and the shiva is out there, you can hide the poverty. And in our community, I would argue, Nachum, it's one of the last taboos. People don't want to talk about it, yeah. right? We're getting calls from people who the husband is a manager in a restaurant, a manager in a restaurant, Nachum, that has been out of business for 10 months. Forget who to blame. The fact is that the restaurant's been out of business. That means that that restaurant manager who's making $100,000 a year now has to make due on $500 a week of unemployment, and when lucky, another 300 bucks from the federal government. So best-case scenario, he's making between thirty dollars and $40,000 this year, while his wife was a therapist who hasn't been able to see anyone in person, and so her revenue has declined as well. So it's a typical example of a couple that was making $160,000, $170,000 a year, and this year they're making $50,000 a year. That's a couple who says we have no choice now. We have to go wait online and get some food. That's what we're dealing with in our community. It's taboo. People don't want to talk about it. And that's why we did something that's fun and funny. But hopefully people will recognize that if you give this money, every single dollar that's raised is going directly to help people who have been impacted by COVID-19. And we think that's extraordinary. But the truth is, I do lose sleep at night. I'm very worried about what's going to happen on Pesach. And I'm very worried what's going to happen the day after Pesach, because quite frankly, in our community, we tend to step up on Pesach, thinking that that's the only emergency, but I don't believe that everyone's jobs are coming back. Some of these jobs, quite frankly, have been outsourced or disappeared in a way 
where I'm not sure, honestly, that people who have lost their jobs are necessarily going to get it back very soon, and that really worries me. Yeah, no question about it. It's, uh, it one would be uh, it would be impossible to predict whether whether any job actually would be coming back, but uh, certainly on a large scale, it is scary thinking about how many will not be back. Met Council presents a Purim funny story tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Register, folks. It's totally free at PurimFunnyStory.com. PurimFunnyStory.com with an all-star cast, a real Hollywood all-star cast. Check out the website. You'll see what I mean. It's a virtual table read and a lot of fun. But as David Greenfield just mentioned, we're hoping that it spurs everybody, especially in an audience like this one, to give as generously as possible to the COVID-19 emergency fund, not just for the entertainment that's being provided, but for the need out there to help our brothers and sisters as Pesach approaches. Again, give to the Met Council COVID-19 emergency fund. Go to metcouncil.org or Purim funny, excuse me, PurimFunnyStory.com. And, um, and everybody enjoy the show. It becomes live tonight at 8 p.m. You know, there are industries that have been very kind to the poor in our community. I mean, there, there are people literally who have uh, who deal with certain industries or certain food items that have been very generous. And I want to give a special call, if I may, David Greenfield. Uh, there are people out there in our community who, who, ha- who have access to important items for Pesach, who deal with them at, at a very, very large scale and may even have leftover items as they approach the holiday. Uh, I want to encourage them to work with you to contribute those items and to um, you know help get those items to the poor. If you knew of somebody who had access to thousands of pounds of matzah, for instance, you would want to you would want that person involved, right? Yeah, absolutely. And remember, for us, we're we're doing to your point, Nachum, we're doing uh, several million pounds of food this Pesach. So yeah. we want them in containers worth of food, and we need them sooner rather than later because we have to prep for the distribution. But that would be tremendous, and we definitely welcome that. And I do want to remind people that, you know, uh, based on our traditions, this is really the highest form of tzedakah. We do the best that we can to make sure that those who are recipients don't know who they're getting it from, right? And that's why it's all done through dignity. So if you talk about tzedakah and you talk about the, the mitzvah of giving tzedakah on Purim, this, there, there really is no greater mitzvah than this, because the money is going to an organization that vets the people who are getting it, and as the Rambam says, the highest form of tzedakah, uh, the second highest form of tzedakah is giving someone someone resources without them knowing that you gave it to them. And obviously the highest form is getting people jobs, and we are actively working on that as well. But remember, New York City has 500,000 more people who are unemployed this year than last year. And people wow. don't realize this. New York has been the hardest hit by the pandemic financially. It's not just the death toll. We've had the largest death toll in the country as well, but financially... People have been the hardest hit here in New York. So for your national audience wanting to give tzedakah on Purim, in advance of Purim, after Purim, PurimFunnyStory.com, MetCouncil.org, all the money that we raise in the COVID-19 relief fund, it goes directly to tzedakah, which I think is something that's phenomenal and unique as well. And obviously, we want people to have a good time. It's been a stressful year. It's been a very emotionally taxing year for all of us, myself included. I tell people honestly, it's been a very tough year for me. And so people should relax. And if you can't afford it, it's okay. Come online, permfunnystory.com. Have a great time. If you can give a dollar, give a dollar. And if you can give $100,000, which some of our donors can, give $100,000. Give whatever you can give. 
to make a difference. And we're hoping people will really have fun as well. It's an extraordinary, one-of-its-kind, really historic event that's never been done before. A retelling of the perm story with some of the most tremendous stars. Montana Tucker is an Instagram star with millions of followers, right? And, and, and she's Jewish and volunteering her time. It's really exciting and cool to bring people together in this way. I don't use this term loosely enough, and you know that. I really think that tonight's event, firmfunnystory.com, is not going to just be hilarious. I think it's a kiddush Hashem when people come together to help others in need. No question about it. It's uh, an all-star cast, everybody, tonight. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Susie Esmond, Elon Gold, Triumph the Insult, Comic Dog, Howie Mandel, Barry Weiss, Bob Saget, Claudia Ushery, Jeff Garland, Violet Benson, Judy Gold, Montana Tucker, Jeff Ross, Ellie Leonard, and or Eli Leonard and Russell Peters tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to PurimFunnyStory.com. Support Met Council and its COVID-19 emergency fund at MetCouncil.org and PurimFunnyStory.com. David Greenfield, good luck and enjoy the show and a happy Purim to you. To you and to all your listeners, thanks for bringing cheer to all of us all year round. We appreciate it. Thanks, Malcolm. And I appreciate that. More coming up at JM in the AM.
Monday morning, JM in the AM with Schlockrock from a Shabbat in Liverpool <laughs> with the uh, Havdullah set here at JM in the AM. want to remind everybody that uh, our friends at shopiclers.com, you need something now for Purim? They can take good care of you. It's the world's largest Judaica store online. Shopiclers.com with same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe. Teaneck Lakewood, Tom's River, and Jackson, New Jersey. All available to you um, with same day delivery. And again, if you have a uh, if you have a need for something immediately, because the holiday begins Thursday night, right? Purim begins Thursday night. And check out the folks at shopiclers.com. Um amazing website, lots of good categories. Fantastic prices, a lot of great deals and specials, and uh, they've got it all for you right now on uh, what essentially is Erev Purim. So go to shopbyclothes.com and enjoy. It's that time of year again, tax time. Are you ready? Isn't it about time that you went to a firm that does more than taxes? Rosenbaum Financial Services is that firm. Taxes play an integral role in all of life circumstances. At Rosenbaum Financial Services, they're able to identify planning opportunities based on information within your return. To learn more about Rosenbaum Financial Services, taxcpa2.com, taxcpa2.com, or call 1-800-829-2722, 1-800-829-2722. In addition to everybody who emails Ralph, Ralph at taxcpa2.com, Ralph at taxcpa2.com, you are um, entitled to the... uh, no obligation research on the dirty dozen tax scams to watch out for. So email Ralph at taxcpa2.com and um, you'll be able to receive that. Monday morning, JM in the AM. Well, David Matlow, as you know, is uh, a collector of uh, the world's most amazing Herzl collection. He has been with us many, many times in the past. And he made us aware of a... Um, a recent development, something that he obtained that is worth discussing for its uh, historical significance. And I said to David, this is, this is all you, David. You got to explain exactly what this is and why it's such an important piece of modern Jewish history. And he's prepared to do that. David Matlow, happy Purim to you and welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you so much, Nassim, and uh, happy Adar to everybody. Tadarabah. It's great to speak to you again. Well, many of us remember the fact that you have thousands of Herzl items in your incredible collection, which I had the absolute privilege of uh, of touring, and I can't wait to get back to Toronto one of these days and pay a more in-depth visit to your, <laughs> to your museum. Uh, what is this one item that you wanted to discuss today? Well, what's interesting about collecting and Herzl collecting is it takes you to places and allows you to meet people that you never thought were, were imaginable. So what happened over the last six weeks or so is I bought a lot of share certificates, a lot like an auction lot. It also was a lot, 55 share certificates from a Kedem auction in Jerusalem. And part of my Herzl collection, it deals with how the Jewish state uh, was established and all the effort, and part of that was investment and businesses, which is why I collect share certificates, and one particular company, the Jewish Colonial Trust, 
was founded by Herzl at the Second Zionist Congress in 1899. And in one of my appearances on your show, I talked about a postcard from New York in right. the, from an office near where your where your studio is, asking for the second installment of shares, which was payable. Anyway, in this lot, there was a share certificate from the Jewish Colonial Trust. And when I looked at it, something really struck me and piqued my curiosity, because it was registered in the name of a person called Sadie Weiss, who lived in Monticello, New York. <laughs> and I'm familiar, I'm familiar with Monticello. As a kid, I went to Kutcher's Resort, and right. I had two children that <laughs> went to summer camp there. So it really piqued my interest. Why would a lady in 1923 buy shares of the Jewish Colonial Trust while living in Monticello? So I took upon myself the challenge to find the descendants of Sadie Weiss to return the share certificate oh. to them, because I have eight or ten of these share certificates, and every now and again in my collection, I come across something that I know would be more meaningful to someone else than it is to me, and this was one such example. So through Google searches, the Internet, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, it took me a couple of weeks, but I finally found the grandson of Sidney Weiss, an 82-year-old gentleman named Marty Weiss, who lives in San Diego. And uh, I re reached out to him, a message over LinkedIn, and he called me back, and I told him this story, and I said I would happily return the share certificate to him so he could enjoy it and share it with his family. Part of the story is that Sadie Weiss had a son named Sam. Sam moved to San Diego from Monticello in the 30s or so and was married to a woman, a woman for over 80 years. There were only 11 people in the history of the United States have been married for 80 years. So he was the subject of a story written by a woman named Pam Cragen for the San Diego Tribune. And I had, in part of the search, I tried to find uh, details of the family. So she became aware of the, of the story. So once the share certificate was delivered, she wrote a story about it, which was in the San Diego Tribune a couple of weeks ago. But then something about this story piqued the interest of newspaper editors around the world. It started to pop up in syndication in the Los Angeles Times, in the Jerusalem Post, in the Toronto Star, in Decatur, Illinois, in North Carolina, all uh, it was translated into German, and it was in a Swiss newspaper. <laughs> um, based on this, uh, I think people found it to be curious. The, re the return of something to a, a stranger was of interest, and it was also an opportunity to talk through this vehicle about Herzl and the dream, because this lady, Sadie Wise, who was, couldn't rub two nickels together, actually went to Monticello, who used to live in New York, but went to Monticello during the Spanish flu epidemic of 1919, where doctors told people to get out of New York City and go into the country. So it comes full circle, in a sense, because we're in the midst of another pandemic here. But it's, it allowed me to meet Marty Weiss and members of his family and befriended them. And in fact, their daughter, the granddaughter of Sadie Weiss, is a rabbi, the provo at the Hebrew Union College, and is a prominent academic and religious leader 
who um, is has undertaken a project called American Values Religious Voices, which has a website. It, uh, faith leaders from many faiths delivering messages to the new Biden administration the same way they did to the Trump administration four years ago. So it really has been an, ex- an extremely exciting journey through the Jewish Colonial Trust Year Certificate. David Matlow is with us. Did the family appreciate or even know that their grandmother was, you know, inclined to help build what would eventually be the state of Israel? So Marty had no idea. He never met his grandmother um, because the father, as I said, moved to San Diego right. uh, in the in the 30s, and the grandmother also died in the in the 30s. So had no idea about the interest of of his grandmother in the Zionist dream. And, and as I said, she was very poor, but yet bought five shares, which would have been $25 or so, could be three or $400 by, by our um, standards. But as, as I learned and talked to Marty, he had been to Israel many times. He was, a, he was one of the original uh, distributors of the Na'od shoes in Israel. They have kid, uh, cousins on Kibbutz Kinnasar. So <laughs> they have a very close connection to, to Israel uh, without knowing the passion of his grandmother and, of course, um, his daughter, the rabbi, went to Israel many, many times. So, do we know so if, there is something. Do we know if the Jewish Colonial Trust was a successful venture? Well, what's interesting about the Jewish Colonial Trust is it was the very first, even before the Jewish National Fund, the Karen Kayemet, it was the very first uh, vehicle where Jews from around around the world could tangibly participate in Herzl's dream. So shares of the Jewish Colonial Trust were sold to hundreds of thousands of Jews around the world. In fact, there's a website maintained at the government of Israel, and I will send you the link, Nafim, and if you want, you can post it uh, on on your website, where you can check whether your ancestors were shareholders of this company. I learned my great-grandparents, who lived in Mulch, in Belarus, in the early 1900s, bought shares, and, uh, and they are on the shareholders' register. Uh, Sadie Weiss from Monticello, there's about eight people in Monticello you can put in the city name. I put in this website, New York City, 1,731 people in New York City are shareholders uh, on the registered list. And in fact, 235 people with the last name Siegel (laughs) are shareholders. So you may want to check if your grandfather or great-grandfather purchased shares of this. This company ultimately created a subsidiary called the Anglo-Palestine Bank, which was a bank that uh, had branches. It was the National Bank of Israel on independence, issued the first currency until the Bank of Israel was created in the 50s, and is now the Bank Lumi. The whole thing is unbelievable. Incredible. The role that people who only dreamt, and we've discussed this before, including Herzl himself, the role of people who only dreamt about a state of Israel and how they took action in order to do whatever possible to make that dream a reality. And boy, David, as you know, that dream was far from a reality when she bought that stock certificate. Absolutely. She was a participant in the dream together with hundreds of thousands of other people 
and and it's it started with the dream of course of Herzl but it wouldn't have happened if people didn't do something about it and continue to do something about it and support it and nurture it unbelievable what a story uh, Kalaka votes you. Thank you for bringing this to our attention, and uh, we will we'll include in today's newsletter. I just forwarded to Avrami the address that you recommended. People could literally look up if friends or relatives that they know from that era uh, might have participated by purchasing stock certificates in the Jewish Colonial Trust, like Sadie did, and like Herzl encouraged people to do um, uh, over a hundred and twenty years ago. Right? Yeah, that Zionist Congress was over a hundred and twenty years ago. That's correct. Unbelievable. David, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're, you're so welcome. Be safe, and uh, Chag Purim Sameach to everybody. Chag Purim Sameach. David Matlow, our Herzl, our Herzl genius, our Herzl aficionado, our Herzl collector. And what a story. I can't believe that that story went viral in the sense that so many news sources picked it up and were fascinated by it. Just incredible. And look at how dedicated her family is to Israel without them even have, having met her. Something in the blood, I'll tell you, something in the blood. Something in the DNA. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. JM in the AM on a Monday. Yeah, different than the DNA that some people have to, uh, to spread blood libels about Israel. That's different. Different than the DNA that some people have to, to tell jokes that are completely offensive. Um to Jews, and to people in Israel, as we witnessed over the weekend. Yeah, it was good to see some uh, Jewish leadership actually express public outrage about what happened on Saturday Night Live. It was good to see that. I wasn't sure they would. And honestly, I'm not so sure they would have a few months ago, but it was good to see that they um, that they were out there expressing their outrage about what happened. Monday morning broadcast, you're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, don't forget our friends and partners in Torah, those of you out there who would like to have a life-changing experience and become a partner with somebody who would like a mentor, who would like to study with someone on a weekly basis and enhance their knowledge of our tradition and heritage. Go to partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, or 1-800-STUDY-4-2, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and the number two. And you could add a very important piece of Jewish education and Jewish inspiration to your resume. Partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, 1-800-STUDY-4-2, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Tomorrow morning here on this broadcast, we're scheduled to uh, speak to Donnie Gross and maybe others about the brand new Uncle Maishi album, the brand new Uncle Maishi book brought to you by Art Scroll. Those of you out there who are uh, Uncle Maishi fans, or if you have children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren who are Uncle Maishi fans, you may want to pay careful attention to tomorrow's conversation. Uh, plus, the brand-new Light a Spark, To Light a Spark by Rabbi Yechiel Spiro is out as well. Everything you get from artscroll.com is 10% off and free shipping with promo code radio. Every time you go to artscroll.com, make sure to use the Promo code radio for 10% off and free shipping. OHEL's 51st annual gala happens on Sunday, March the 7th, honoring Toby and Yaeli Steinberg and the Gourmet Glot family, Adina Lewis and Lawrence Garbuz, Shani and Dove Weinstock, and Libby and Shlemy Dax, and saluting our COVID heroes, OHEL's team of direct support professionals, 
to place your ad or support the gala, ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org, or 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Ellie Gerstner, Shlomo Schachter together with Hodu Low here on a J.M. and the A.M. Monday. Well, coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time, it'll be Mayor Weingarten with another edition of the Israel Show. If you haven't liked the Israel Show Facebook page yet, please do so. Go to Facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Uh, Mar Weingarten, welcome back to J.M. and the A.M., Baruch Hashem, I want to thank you in advance for again sitting in this coming Friday for a Purim morning. Thank you, thank oh, you. Am I doing that? Okay. Whoops. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> you had me, you had, I had you there for a second. Sorry. There, it was a Purim thing. Ah, a little Purim, a little Purim a little humor. Purim anti-humor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's this Friday, Mayor Weingarten with our JMN Purim special between six and 9 a.m., and I thank him, as always, for uh, sitting in on a Purim morning, so make sure to be tuned in, everybody. But before we get to that, Mayor's on today with a live edition of the Israel Show. He's actually going to be discussing Machel Bitar. What can you tell us about Machel Bitar? We actually spoke about him two weeks ago, and we went through his uh, background, his history, um, explained how he... um, in college, set up a um, BDS um, cell at, at uh, I think it was Georgetown. I don't remember exactly which university he went to. Um, and now uh, President Biden appointed him to a very sensitive uh, role in the national security agencies. And uh, so we spoke about this two weeks ago. Um, last week, as Carolyn Glick points out, the the, the Democratic the um, What's the name of that organization? The Jewish Democrats, basically, put out a video of of which we have some clips featuring Dan Shapiro, who was an Obama man, who was the ambassador to Israel, explaining why any criticism of this appointment is nothing more than racism and, um, you know, Muslim, anti-Muslim feelings and so forth, which is just uh, amazing how this works. Wow. Doesn't matter what he did. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He's been in public service, and uh, so what? So uh, his past this is, uh, doesn't make it. A, uh, whatever. Yeah. So we'll we'll play some of that. All right. That's coming up. Uh, plus, of course, uh, Mayor is going to be discussing the uh, trip to Israel that took place in the summer of 1993. Yes. We have a very special guest, someone who was on that trip in 1993. In 1993, correct. Uh, and, and that's, of course, the Rush Limbaugh, only time in his life he was in Israel. Rush Limbaugh, the only that's time right. he ever, ever visited Israel. You also have a mayor meal in... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I didn't see who the guest, the special guest. Ah, was. who's the special guest? You. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward. <laughs> I I'm, I'm can't wait. I think it'll be the, it's the first time you've been on to Israel. Wow. It, it took this long, Mayor, huh? It took this I, long. I know. It's embarrassing. But, yeah, it's an exciting event. Mayor Milim for Purim, boy. Yes. If there is a holiday that's made for Mayor Milim, <laughs> I mean, Purim is it with the Megillah and all the different yeah, play, play yeah. on words. We're going to actually focus on the word Masecha. Masecha, which, by the way, is being used a lot more often now than it that's used to be used. Correct. That's correct. A mask, is, folks. A mask. Yes, and and notice the similarity. We'll discuss that also. Mask, masecha, mask. Oh yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Huh. Let's not do the segment now, though. No, no, we're not. And I just uh, mentioned that that that's that'll be discussed. And then not to be missed weekly Israeli music mix. Make sure to like the page. It's called the Facebook page. Facebook.com/slash 
the Israel Show, and um, and don't forget to tune in. It'll be uh, ten minutes from now, right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Looking forward to joining you, Marvine Garten. I'm looking forward to being joined. Hebrew only, right? We conduct the conversation in Hebrew only, correct? Or Aramaic. <laughs> you can take your pick. Thank you. How about Persian in honor of Purim? We have free. Yeah, sure, you can do Persian. We have free. By the way, one, there, there are numerous words in Hebrew that come from Persian originally, and one of them is Balagan. Seriously? Yes. Balagan is a Persian word. Yeah, Balagan. That's funny. I know. What do we say? Because, How do we translate balagan? Hecticness, chaos? Like what? Are we... uh, um, chaos be, is good, right? But yeah, but it's uh, a chaos. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's chaotic or, right. or or messy or you know right. anything like that. Wow! Like when you walk into the room and and the kids' room and they didn't really clean up and it's a major balagan. You say, "Clean up your room." It's such a balagan in here. I wouldn't know. I don't remember my kids ever messing up their room. <laughs> Me too. I never remember your kids messing up their room either. Because they they always clean up before you show up. That's why. Before I show up, yes. I don't have that luxury. <laughs> what can I tell you? Tadarabah Meir. There he is, the one and only Mayor Weingarten. I'll be his guest, no joke, and I'll be fun. We'll talk about what happened. It's a miracle that Mayor and or I can even remember what happened back in 1993, but some of the things were noteworthy, so we do remember. That'll be coming up between 9 and 10 this morning right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
This is Tel Aviv. In the dead of night, through the dark side streets, speeds a man with a mission. Israeli secret agent James Bonstein. My apologies for that, everybody. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cut off our friends at Derech Achim to go into one of our comedy segments. I think this comedy segment would be a bit too long if we're going to be on schedule today. So um, we will resort to uh, to a different one of our comedy segments. Um, here on a uh, what is today? Monday morning. Oh, it's a Monday. All right. Trust me, it feels like a Monday. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so we'll do this to be back with more at JM in the AM. What's this? <laughs> Through the window, a rock with a note on it. Here, let me see what it says. It says, Dear Mr. Shapiro, Unless you deposit $10,000 in small bills in a paper bag under the old hollow tree in a vacant lot on the corner at midnight tomorrow, we will kidnap your wife. Sincerely yours, your kidnappers. Boy, some tough cookies. I better write them a note back immediately. Let me see. Pencil, paper. Dear kidnappers, your rack of this date received I am writing to tell you I do not have $10,000, but please keep in touch. <laughs> Your proposition interests me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> that will satisfy the... Uh... <laughs> comedy segments for the day here at JM in the AM. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I'm a guest of Mayor Weingarten next, which will be a lot of fun on the Israel show. And um, uh, great programming all day long. Yoni Pollock is, uh, ha- has finished Shiva for his father, as many of you uh, obviously realize at this point. He is returning from Houston, Texas later this week. And please God, the sports show that we call After Further Review will be back this coming Monday, a week from today starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So please, God, we'll have that for you. And the Jake Novak today. Jake Novak today and uh, Avrami sent me the um, the topic for today. Jake's right on. He's right on, uh, on point. The topic today, Israel is hit with another false accusation. What's the best response and what can we learn from it? It's coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the Nachum Siegel Network. And, of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Monday here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow we talk a little bit about Uncle Maishi and the Art Scroll. Should be a fun morning. 
Have a fabulous Monday and tune in next uh, when Mayor Weingarten hosts me and a whole bunch of important information on the Israel show between 9 and 10 o'clock. At 11 a.m. this morning, it'll be Novak Now with Jake Novak. Have a fabulous Monday till tomorrow. Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.